0: okay so this is our first podcast of the reinvent the Will not blog we've been writing for a few months now and now we are trying to move into the space of using podcasts to spread our ideas um so yeah welcome to a fast podcast it's really exciting to be here and the first guess that I have is based on an article that I wrote a few months ago. The article was on my financial well-being. And once I wrote that article, I got a lot of people interested, including a lot of guys who read the blog. And that made me wonder, why is this article so popular? And so when I talked to a few of my friends, I realized that people are silently struggling to plan their finances, just like I did a few months ago. Well, that is a story of my past because right now I feel like I have more control over my finances. And that's because I met Vera Mongai, who I have here today. So I'll give you a, a bit of a story of how I met Vera Mungai. It was July last year. I had just come from a trip and I'd spent a lot of money. And I felt that I was literally draining my bank account flat. And I was panicking. Um, so I talked to my friend, Kathy, I was like, I need a, I need to feel like I'm in control and I feel like I'm losing control. And so she told me she has a cousin who's called Vera. I should meet her. Um, she'll help me plan my finances. And so I meet Vera and, um, she's so well put together and I'm there, <laughs> a hot mess and telling her about, you know, where, how much money I'd already spent and how I was feeling like I was losing control. And the first thing she does is have me work out my net worth, which was very, very low. And the good thing is that she didn't laugh at my net worth. And and then she asked me a question, which was, what are your dreams? And I was like, "Uh, my dreams? I didn't know we were going to be talking about my dreams. I thought we were coming here to talk about my budget. She's like, yeah, tell me about your dreams. And so I told her about my dreams and then we went through this entire process that left me feeling very in control of my life. Right. And so the past few months have been very, very great for me because I know that I have a plan and I know that I'm saving for the rainy days and I know that I'm saving for the things that I love that I get to do. And I'm hoping that you will be able to, to feel this way after listening to this podcast and yes, this is the hack from a financial advisor, an investment advisor, whatever you want to call her. So welcome, Vera. I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you, Kathy. How's the introduction? Is it, is it accurate? Oh, my goodness.
1: It, it is in some ways, but it's interesting to listen to your views and that sort of feedback and I really really am humbled and honored to hear that from you.
0: Oh great. Um, So my first question for you obviously Uh is how did you get into investment uh, being an investment advisor? Uh What's the story? Well uh, where do I start but for me my initial
1: okay calling or what I thought I would be was, would, uh, was actually a doctor. That's what I actually thought I would be. I was very good at biology and chemistry. And so everything, just all roads were leading to me being a doctor. But as fate would have it, or I don't know what happened somewhere along the way, but my interests started shifting towards the financial industry. And uh, when that shift happened and it was almost at the same time when I was looking for what career do I get into. So I actually decided to pursue actuarial science. Were you in college now? No, that was before, well, I had just finished form four and I was going through what career choices and all, but I, the shift happened around then, and I actually decided to get into the whole now financial industry. and And I was looking as I was looking for careers in the financial industry, I actually settled on actuarial science because I felt it would give me exposure into various uh, like aspects of the financial industry or v- various at least sectors. Mm. or various yeah aspects of it. So when I yes, yeah, so actually pursued actuarial science, and from there went on, did it, came back to. And uh, went into an insurance um, company, which was actually an interesting time for me. Then from there, went on into investment banking. Mm. and But there was always that whole more passion geared towards being in the investments field. So, and through now the different experiences and gathering of knowledge and, yeah, so somehow I ended up now being more on the investment advisory side of things because of my interest in investments. Yeah. Yes. Mm.
0: And so which kind of clients do you work with? On a typical day? <laughs> on a typical day,
1: well, anyone who's interested in planning their finances as a start, uh, you know, who's looking and serious about actually doing better in life, because I, okay, for us, we look for, most of the clients who come to us are aspiring to do better, mm-hmm. who want at least have got goals that they're trying to achieve, and are just trying to figure out, like, how do I get there? I'm aspiring to do well in life, but how do I actually, like, bridge the gap? So those are the sort of clients who come to us. We aspire to be dealing with clients who are in the $1 million mark and we're happy to walk the journey with them to actually get there. So even if they're not yet there, we're happy to actually walk, you know, that journey of making sure that they make the right financial decisions and the investment decisions to actually get them to that,
0: Level. to that
1: goal. So those are the sort of clients. Did
0: you say $1 million or <coughs> $1 million shillings? <laughs>
1: A journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. And I believe that each person, I mean, if we consistently do the right things in the long term, We will get there, and even and for those ones who are already there, we're happy to just offer the whole wealth management solutions to make sure that they are able to manage their finances in the right way, and not even just in the right way, just to make sure that um, they're they're getting the best returns possible. They have the right risk management solutions in place to make sure that their assets are managed properly, that they're translating into some sort of income or passive income for them. So we work with all sorts of different clients just to make sure that whichever way, whichever client, that they're making and getting the best returns possible. And the risk mitigation factors are in place. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think one of the things I really love about you is that you are willing to work with any client. Like you worked with me. I can assure you that I am not the $1 million client, but you're able to take me in. (laughs) Uh, And I think a lot of the people who are going to listen to this podcast are exactly where I was when I met you in July. Yeah. Um, And so the first question, I think the first thing that we did when we sat with you is we worked out my net worth. Mm. So my question for you is for the people who are listening to this, what is a fast way for them to calculate their net worth?
1: Uh, Well, the fastest or easiest way for one to work out the net worth is by basically looking at what assets do you currently have, right from what cash assets, like what cash are you sitting on? uh, Where have you invested it? So just taking stock of, you know, like from the cash to even using that cash, have you acquired anything? Are there any assets that you have, like in terms of real estate? Are there any stocks that you have bought? And once you take stock of the different places where your cash has gone into, then the next step... And uh, like, okay, so taking stock meaning that you actually calculate what all those different assets are worth. The next step is to actually now look at what do you owe. Are there any friends or family that you owe? Is there are there any credit card bills? Are there any premiums that are unpaid? Whatever that you owe, whether it's to a bank or to any financial institution, just work it all out. Just calculate. Like the different values. And then you just, uh, yes, then you just calculate basically your assets, less your, whatever that you owe. Oh, and that will give you a net worth. And it's a very simple, but I think it's actually like a personal balance sheet. And it's something that it's good. It's good to calculate it because it helps you know where you are at, where you currently are at end. And then from there, you can see if it's. Uh, positive, fantastic. That's a good thing. If it's negative, then it just shows that there's some work to do to make sure that at least you can get it back into a positive mm-hmm. number. And from there, the journey begins. And yes, and the assets will grow with time if you are putting the right measures in place.
0: And so, your salary, mm-hmm. how do you put that into your assets? Is it that you take your monthly salary, or is it your yearly salary? Or is, yeah,
1: where does um, that fall? Well. With, uh, with your salary, uh, when it comes to your net worth, what you normally calculate is what cash are you holding? Because, you know, you can, be, you can get your salary and it all goes out into mm. some sort of expenses. So when at that point in, or date that you're doing your net worth, what you need to do is actually look um, what cash are you holding in the bank in your current account? And what cash are you holding on M-pesa, If you And what cash are you holding, like, in your savings account? So you're taking stock. It's not necessarily related to your salary. It's what, how much cash are you holding at that point or that day that you're doing the net worth analysis.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay, that's very helpful. Mm. Um, over to the next thing we did together, which was uh, right down all my dreams which I thought was very very interesting uh, Mm -hmm. a very interesting approach and one thing that you said that made me realize that I was working with the right person at least for me is you said that you don't a saving doesn't mean that you have to limit how you live your life or like to stop doing the things that you love and for me I think part of the reason I was not saving very aggressively or was not investing aggressively is like I thought that I would have to stop doing the things that I love like traveling but you're like no That's not true. You have to live your life. Um, And so I just wanted you to expound a little on that approach, why you ask people to write down their dreams and what you really think about when you say people should live their lives.
1: Yeah. Well, with regards to the question on uh, why should people, or with regards to that whole aspect of living your lives, even as you're investing for the future, um, I think for us it came from the realisation, or for me it came from the realisation that life can be short. Yeah. And you can all Touché. be, you know, uh, preparing for the future, thinking about the future, living, a uh, you know, like a frugal life, where making all these sacrifices for the future without living for today. And really, you need to appreciate the gift of life on a daily basis. It's good to be in the present, even uh, even as you're saving for the future and your future goals. So why we ask people to actually... Um, to be able to plan even for the things that they love is because even as you're planning for the future, it's good to still continue doing the things that you love, the things that you're about, and to actually yeah, plan plan for them so that it's not that you're putting all your finances towards like uh, the things that you love and you're just traveling, but you're actually putting some bit of it such that uh, when that time comes and you need to travel, you can still have some savings that have been put towards it and at least it doesn't end up denting all your other future goals. But that realization that... uh, uh life is precious. I think it's good to live uh, yeah, in the present, even as you're saving for the, for the future. So, and yes, why your dreams? I think we all want to make sure that at the end of the day that we can accomplish all those things that we aspire to, that we dream about. So if there are those dreams, at least there should be a balance towards, okay, what you're putting aside today towards living for today, but even more so putting quite a bit aside towards now, Planning for the future to, mm. in, to make sure that you attain those goals. So yes, the two go hand in hand. For you to make it to tomorrow, you need to also live for today. today. Yes, to make sure that you're living and at least living life to the fullest.
0: No, I, I could not agree with you anymore. Mm. Like that is the best approach. And I think that is one thing that made me feel that I would want to work with you because you, mm. you understand that, you know, I think part of the reason why people don't save mm. is because they feel like they can't do anything. They can't have a coffee. They can't have a salad. They can't go to Mombasa, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you being able to do that and being, knowing that it's okay to enjoy the pres- present is also really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one question I want to take you back to our society. Um, I think when I tell a lot of people that I have someone helping me with my finances, the first thing they want to do is, oh, give me her number. Give me her number. I want to talk to her. So I think there's a dearth of financial knowledge and help in kenya right now especially for the young millennial and i just wanted to get your thoughts on have you felt this way that people really want this help with their finances um what what places can they go to to get this knowledge is that knowledge even available
1: uh, well, yes, I think the knowledge is available and I think it's, uh, even, I mean, the newspapers, the newspapers are awash with all this different information, uh, with regards to where, you know, like the numbers in terms of what, what are the rates out there, what are the different opportunities. So some of this information is actually out there. So I think it's actually now, uh, like analyzing this information and seeing like, okay, what do you, should one pick out which is relevant to their personal life? But I think the information is out there. The newspapers, even in the business news, there's always information out there. Even if you are looking at even investing in stocks, there are always updates as to how a different company is doing and what corporate information is there. The corporate news are there. The announcements are, are there. So I think it's actually bringing together all this information and using it to guide one into what uh, financial decisions should they be making at that point in time. So the information is there. Uh, With regards to, I mean, all like the different companies, uh, financial companies tend to have... um, just say, they send out like information which can guide people in terms of making their whatever decision, decisions that they need to make so the information is out there I think it's just for one to be able to to see and to see do you relate with how the person is breaking down the information because uh, but one thing that I think for us when we were starting Moran capital, one of the things that really prompted us to come up with the company is because we felt, okay, yes, the information is there, but most of these companies tend to promote the products that they are selling. So it doesn't tend sometimes to be objective. So for us, one, one thing that we now use or one of the things that we are really, really committed to is actually making sure that whatever solution or whatever advice that we give is actually customized to your needs. So meaning that we, we like to first understand what are your goals so that we customize this information to suit you. So that we're not yes, the information is all out there. It's all in the newspapers. It's on it's, in, it's on TV. It's all over the place. The different financial companies are out there putting out like the different products that they have. But actually, now seeing what is relevant to each and every client, because everyone is unique and everyone has got different goals and a different path for their life. So, so for us, we take time to understand what what are you trying to achieve, so that even whatever solutions that we offer you are customized uh, customized to your. you and what you're trying to achieve so that's what is different about us
0: yeah yeah and i think you've said something very important there. Is like there's the information is out there it's just for you to see right Mm -hmm. and i think the problem is it's very hard to see when you feel like that information is not for you right Mm -hmm. and i think it comes from having someone being able to break this down for you as if you're a child which i think is what you allowed me to do i asked you very silly questions like where should I invest in the money markets or not? Um, and and you were there to answer these questions for me. And I think that is what people are missing is that first step. It's that first meeting that you had with me when we sat down and really talked about like the nitty gritties. And you were able to explain to me as if I was a child and I came out of there feeling more empowered. And now I can read a business daily newspaper and be like, okay. I don't think i want that two rivers investment i want the site on investment i want this kind of investment but before because i didn't know i was just like i don't think this is for me Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's a lot a lot of young people who are feeling that way as well Wow. Yeah. And this is why we're here.
1: (laughs) Problem. We are happy to help. We're happy to offer services to anyone who's willing to get that sort of guidance. We're happy to do it.
0: Yeah. And so I guess I'll take us back to when we met in July and you sat me down. We talked about my net worth, then my dreams. And then there was a process that you took me through, which was now allocating different um, of my savings for different buckets i guess is what i'll call them mm-hmm. so could you take us through like that simple process that allows people to allocate their savings
1: okay so for us uh, one of the things that we do is for just like we did with you is get you to identify or get you to share with us what are your dreams and what are your goals and what are the things that you're trying to uh to achieve so once we're clear on that and we the next thing we do our risk assessment, just to make sure that okay, is everything in place, and how are we doing on that side, so that we make sure that that side of life is also well well covered so whatever risk mitigation solutions that we need to put in place, we ensure that we we put them in place. Yes, and then after that, we craft our investment solutions around now whatever your goals are because based, that's the only thing that can now guide us as to where should you actually be investing. Should be should it be, you know, what length of time are you looking to invest? Because uh, as I mentioned I mean, for us, it's like an investment supermarket. So we have all these different investment solutions, some in local currency, some in foreign currency, and some with different tenors or different periods of time. So, But the only thing that can at least be able to help us in terms of which investment solutions suit each client, it's based on whatever goals and the things that they're trying to achieve.
0: So I think um, one of the things that I found very interesting through our process, so we did the net worth, then we did my dreams, then we looked at how much how how much savings do I have at the end of the month? Mm. And then we then allocated them to the different um buckets or like different dreams. So we chose about three dreams and then we allocated the kind of yeah. um savings. And I thought that was really, really interesting because before what I could have done was just like get my savings and then just lump them all together and put them in a saving account or like a money market account. But I really wasn't being very specific with each dream and each goal that I have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I found that really, really helpful. And now I know that I'm saving towards an apartment, which I never thought that I would ever do in my life. And and that's that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess my almost last question is. If I'm 25, between 25 and 30, and I'm in Kenya right now, what are the different um, financial products that I can invest in that will be, yeah, that will be good for me Mm. at this kind of age?
1: Well, one of the things for a 25 to 30-year-old, the beauty of that particular age is that you've got uh, time on your side. So uh, with whichever investment product that you choose and especially you can actually go for the riskier ones because there's actually time on your on your side so with that in mind things long-term investments okay well depending on your goal but some some of the long-term investments would work very well like if you were looking at stocks that would be really really good because you see what we normally say with with stocks if you choose the right ones over time the companies will grow. So really, if you choose the ones with uh, that have got the right products, that have got the right management, at the end of the day, if most of the fundamentals are in place and you choose that right company, that company would grow depending on how the economic and other factors go. So that would be a really, really, really good one, at least for people in their 25 to 30-year-olds, because they've got adv- uh, the time of... Or time on their side, the other ones that one can choose now would be driven primarily by their uh, by their goals. But there is what I mean. There's, uh, there's the banks which have got the different savings account. But now for us, we would also okay. There's the government bills, you know, like the the T bills which are less than one year, and then the the treasury bonds which are. One year beyond all the way up to 20 years. So at that point in time, you can actually even choose any of those. So now it's seeing which one actually fits with there with the person's goals uh, and what are they trying to achieve. But with that sort of uh, solution in terms of what we would do on our side is actually see what would work best with or what will offer the best return for them. But being 25, 30-year-olds, I think is a wonderful place to be because really time is on your side to actually be able to build up on your savings and to achieve all those goals that you have in mind. It's such a good, It's a good thing because later on, most people find that time has really, really gone. And, uh, you know, and one is trying to see, like, how do you actually play catch up? But when you're 25 to 30 year old, it's really one of those places because you even have time to build even your pension funds. So and that is a time to actually make sure that those savings that you're putting aside are not just on. um, They're they're also taking care of you when if and when that time comes and you need to, to retire or what are those things? Thinking of that time when, okay fine, when when age does catch up. Have you put in place a good nest egg to be able to take care of you or provide at least a passive income? So even real estate actually is another thing that one can look at. Uh, Those things are actually changing on that side of things. But there are so many different investments that one can consider at that age.
0: What are your thoughts on real estate? Uh, That was my next question. I think real estate is a
1: good investment class to have in one's portfolio, Uh, one of the things that makes it really, really at least a good one is that if done right, if done right, it can actually deliver some good passive income for somebody. Because I mean, okay, most people find themselves maybe investing a lot like in land, and uh, once you leave the land there, most people are hoping that, okay, with time, the price should go up. But really, okay, well, if you buy in a good area, then it's, it, it's definitely. And uh, if you find it well-priced, then definitely it has the probability of actually giving some good appreciation. So I'll get or once somebody, somebody can be able to get some good capital or some good gains on it. Uh, on the side of... Uh, apartments, houses, or anything that at least has been put up, I think it's very, very important for somebody to be able to calculate what sort of rental yield they're getting at the end of the day. Because sometimes you'll find that maybe the apartment that you're buying is highly priced, such that even if you are going to get rent from it, you're getting it at a very low yield. And if you compare that yield with what even is being offered in terms of like the treasury bills, which are at about 7.5%, you'll find that the yield that you're getting is actually even lower. So when you're investing in real estate, I think it's good to put the same sort of analysis that you would put in any other fixed income investment, such that what exactly are you doing? Where are you doing it? If, is it because of the capital gains or is it because of the income that you're hoping that properties is going to generate? But I think it's a good investment class. It just needs to be done with a well-thought-out strategy yeah. so that you don't uh, end up just tying cash there and with the hope that one day you will make a gain I think it's good to do something that will yield at least a good return at the end of the day
0: yeah Mm. I think yeah one of my main concerns and has been have I missed the land boat right a lot of people have invested land have bought like land and and a lot of young people in Kenya do that still and um, it's always this fine balance in my head which is What is the yield if I if I buy this piece of land in Kajiado or, you know, in Kitengela, you know, how long will it take for me to see any good returns on, on my investment? And I think that's a very good question to ask yourself and be very rigorous with that question, not to just do things because a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important for somebody to be very clear
1: on their goals because um otherwise you'll find yourself in, in investing in all different types of uh, you know like investments with, because your friends are doing it or you hear that uh, people are doing well in a certain thing you'll do the cryptocurrencies and all sort of currencies and all these investments really have their place. But once you're clear on your goals then you can see okay fine so what will work for me you know so that you don't end up buying a piece of land right next to Tanzania somewhere and in terms of maybe the appreciation it takes you know so that you know okay fine maybe that is for my pension that is why I'm buying it so you're very clear where does that fit in into your whole grand scheme of things and if you are hoping that you want to buy um, or to do something with a short-term investment then you know that that should not have been the investment that you made the one that because maybe the gains for that particular piece of land next to Tanzania might take a much longer time. Mm. So I think that's why it's very very good to be very clear as to what are your goals what are your goals and to actually craft solutions around that because your goals will be very different from everyone else's and that's why whatever that you'll end up doing will be in line with what you're trying to achieve and not because that's what is trending now land is what is trending everyone's buying land so let's buy land everyone's buying apartments so let's buy apartments everyone's doing cryptocurrency let's do crypto because all those opportunities will always be there Mm. they'll always be there so i think one just needs to be very selective and that's why we're happy to do that that as moran capital to help you um see what is suitable for you uh, based on what you're trying to achieve and that's now one of the things that for us we are we're happy to assist in
0: So, yeah, I think you've actually captured why Moran Capital is so great. It's because it personalizes your financial decisions, right? And your financial goals and the instruments that you choose, right? Because you could do any of these things, but your path and my path are very different. Your needs for your money are very different from mine. So I remember when we talked, you asked me, what is my risk appetite? How much money do I always want to have at hand, right? Because maybe I only need 50000 at hand while you with your kids you might need two hundred and fifty thousand shillings at hand if anything happens right and so you can't just do things because people are doing them right it has to be really really personalized to your needs and to your path Mm -hmm. um the other question i had that you was very interesting and what you said was that between 25 to 30 that we have we're young and we have time i actually feel time is running out And I thought that I'd come to you very late and I was about to be a sobbing, like a sob and, a, and such a mess when I was meeting with you because I thought like I was running out of time. So it's interesting to hear that you say that we have time. Do people come to you very late in life sometimes? Instances
1: that we've seen some cases where people come when they're on the verge of retiring, they've maybe got a year to go. They're at uh, maybe 55 years and have been living their life, enjoying their life, have not put any savings away, don't have a pension plan, don't have anything put aside for the next season of their life. And really, honestly, at that point in time, it's it can be very, very worrying and very sad because when you look at someone who has uh, who's at maybe 55 or 60 years and they're on the verge of retiring and they don't have any assets built up. They don't have um, any savings built up. It can be very, very sad to see. But, and that's why I really, really emphasize that at 25 to 30 years, you're really at your prime age. And one should really take advantage of the time that they have ahead of them to put aside um, whatever savings that they would need either during their old age, because age is inevitable. We'll all age eventually. With If God blesses us with long life, we will get there eventually. So really one should uh, use the time that they have to and compound interest as well to really help in terms of growing their their savings or, or actually saving towards whatever things that they would like to have or whatever their dreams and the things that they've been looking to acquire or at least whatever assets especially the ones that can really gain value and be able to be maybe sold off later on in in life so that at least they can be able to generate some income those sort of things I think it's important to actually make sure that you you put your money apply your money to the right things because I mean even if you own 10 cars five cars five the best tvs and all that yes it's good to have some of those things that you really want to okay but with measure without forgetting that there's really a future ahead that one needs to actually put aside some assets or at least some cash to take care of you during those years
0: yeah um and then going back to this question about being young i was listening to a ted talk um about a lady who was talking about pension funds. And she made a comment which really stuck with me. And I think the gist of it is that when you're young, you think that you're always gonna be young, right? And the one mistake that we make is that we don't think about our pension funds at this age. You know, you just live your life. You're like, I'm gonna, I feel young right now. I feel like I'm always gonna be young. But one of the important things to do is to start imagining yourself being at 55, being at 60, literally, Imagine how your face is going to look like. Imagine how your life is going to look like. And that really jolts you into thinking about what is my pension fund, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, Do you have any comments on pension funds?
1: Yes. Even to add to that lady, also imagining yourself at the end of the month without an income and wondering like where will my money at that point in time come from? How, what will I use to actually support me at that point in time? I think that's a really, really critical uh, question to have at that point in time because um, when with pension funds, one of the things that uh, they do is that the structure of it is that it's actually a savings plan towards your retirement. That's what basically a pension fund is. And what it does is that it makes the money that you're saving inaccessible to you during your active years. So really what one should do is actually take advantage, whether you're in business, whether you're in, uh, you know, you're employed, whatever income that you're getting, just put some aside, at least in a place that is inaccessible to you, maybe through an individual pension plan. We're happy to help you set one up because that... Uh, that place that is inaccessible to you, at least when that time comes and you actually do need to to use that money, then you can be able now to uh, buy now what is the pension as in which is an annuity that we will pay you a salary at the end of the month. Actually, that's what now comes and kicks in and actually gives you an income at the end of that month. So I think it's something very, very important. Many people assume, as you said, and they're like, oh, you know what, I've got time. I've got so much time I'll do it one day, but no it's the little and the end that you put aside on a monthly basis during your active years or the years that you're actually generating an income that will actually assist you during that time when you when you know you don't have that regular income and many people are saying you know what I mean I'll have built up assets, my business will be doing so well it shall take care of me but what what if that's not the case so take advantage of the time that you actually have when you're Uh, When you can actually put something aside, because I think that really, really, it doesn't, it it does you no harm by putting something aside on a regular basis during your active years of employment or business, or at least when you're generating some sort of income.
0: Yeah. Mm. And that's very helpful. And another thing that I worry about also about being young is that our parents are aging, right? And there's a lot of emergencies that are coming up and, you know, the healthcare in Kenya is not great, Right. So you could have all these plans and all these dreams and you're saving correctly. Then your family, you know, gets a diagnosis of cancer or something like that. And that can really wipe you out. Right. So I'm going to the question of insurance. Um, Do you think that, you know, what is your advice in terms of like insurances that people can take to help them with some of these emergencies that come up? And I know a lot of people, like especially young people right now with, with a gig economy. So they don't work for like a corporation that allows them to have insurance or, you know, so they're just business people. Um, yeah. What is your general advice on that?
1: So at a basic, uh, first and foremost, I think insurance, medical insurance is very, very critical because one of the things that you find with uh, medical cases or when one is unwell is that first and foremost it will affect the hours that you work so meaning you're working less meaning which tends to affect your income and then number two their medical expenses so you have to take care of the bills so if there's no insurance in place all that it ends up hitting you both in terms of expenses and also in terms of income so really which can really uh, yeah so dent one's budget so Yes, so taking medical insurance is very, very important. But even more so, if one is maybe not in a corporate setup, there are all these different... um, there are all these different companies that that offer medical insurance to individuals so you really all you need to do is at least save up for it over the year or at least come up with a way there's also different ways that we uh, we are able to assist you so that you can be able to pay for the medical insurance over time so that if it's such a huge budget at one time because most of the premiums tend to be annual premiums so when you are hit with that um with that with that Bill. Bill. It can be quite. Um, it can affect your monthly income for the, or your monthly exp- your your monthly expenses for the month. So at that point in time, so what we normally advise is that first, please at a basic, please make sure you have NHIF. At least at a basic, please. That is a really really critical thing to have. And then in addition to that, as your income levels also grow, there are all these ways that you can be able to get an individual medical. A plan from any of the different insurance companies. And if you would like us to help you with how you can be able either to save up for it or at least be able to pay for the premiums over, over uh, several months, we're happy to help you do that because there's affordable ways that, at least there's ways that we can make it affordable just to make sure that you also are able to get medical insurance. It's really, really critical. And um, as you were saying, yes, as in, yes, somebody may also uh, save up for, Uh, for their own different goals and when you find that even your parents, uh, you also need to consider like what sort of insurance do you have for them, you know, do you have an HIF for your your parents because really at the end of the day you can be thinking of your own personal goals and what you're saving up for but really it's our responsibility to, uh, to actually take care of our parents during the years when uh, when they're not act in active employment. So I think it's also good to think of, okay, what sort of measures are there in terms of taking care of our parents we, in terms of medically, yeah. yeah. Like either take out the medical insurance for them or do something, yeah.
0: Yeah, I have to say that is one of my new worries in life and I'm probably going to reach out to you because I think it's very important for us to realize that our parents are getting older and it's very, even if like just checking, just check you know, with your parents be like, okay, what insurance do you have? We just want to be clear because things can happen and they can really, um, make you spiral out of your, out of your path. If you already set yourself a good path. I guess the last question for you about young people is I think one of our biggest expenses is rent, right? Rent is where we spend most of our money, um, and I remember when I was talking to you, I was like, oh my God, I need to reduce the amount of rent I'm spending because this is just not, if I could just like reduce that, I could do so much more. And your advice was like, okay, let's just set up an apartment fund and let's save towards that. Um, anyway, what is your general feeling towards rent and how can people make sure that it's not draining their finances?
1: Um, I think it's by, one, selecting where they want to live and making sure that at least it's uh, anything above 50% of what's the income that you're bringing in or the income that you have really is a bit high. So 25%, 30% at least. Just So just calculating and seeing like, okay, fine, yes, you want to live in a... Great area, but also cap it. Have a cap. Like, how is it affecting the rest of your of your budget? So to have a wholesome look at, okay, this is my whole budget. This is how much I normally spend per month versus uh, this is what sort of or this is the income that I'm bringing in. So at least cap it. If it's above fifty percent, I think it's really on the higher side, really of your ink of your monthly income. So yes, so and I think that all these places that have come up. Even if you have to move to the suburbs or some of the places that at least will. Okay, convenience is a good thing, but also look at like make sure that it's not eating too much of your, or of your monthly expenses because it shall end up affecting your savings and many other things.
0: Yeah, I think one of the other things that I've been thinking about is Airbnb, being some of the room like the one like an a spare room that you might have in your house because. If, you, if convenience is really important for you, then you can definitely have someone subsidize your rent or even have a roommate, right? Which we can do now that we're young.
1: Oh, yes, you can. I think that's a good idea and it's a good way of actually getting an additional income Or as you're saying, even subsidizing how much rent that you're paying if convenience is really that critical. It may compromise your privacy though and uh, having you know like different people coming but if you're comfortable with that and you've done your security checks and you're sure that all is well then I think that's another way that one can be able to subsidize but yes Mm. yeah
0: so if people want to reach you Vera because you've been super helpful and I've asked you very pointed questions for young people if people wanted to reach you and learn more about Moran Capital where can they find you?
1: Well, they can, oh, they can reach me on email. Uh, my email address is vera at morancapital.co.ke. You can also, we are based in Parklands, uh, Dr's Park on the eighth floor. So we, you, we are happy to have you come and visit us uh, in our offices. And um, yeah, so you can go to our website. It's www.morancapital.co ke so Google us and uh, read up about us. And we're happy to assist, at least in, in any way, yes, to help people grow their finances and achieve their, their dreams and their goals. So, yes, and thanks, Kathy for having me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been yeah. such a pleasure. Yes,
0: really appreciate And Yes, thank you. I've actually learned quite a bit, again, sitting with you. So I'm always learning from you, which is fantastic. Um, to those listening, I hope you've had um, a few You've gathered a few hacks on how to manage your finances. I hope you have, feel like you have more control and you have more information. And yes, please reach out to Vera if you would like any more information. So yes, that was Reinvent the Will Not, our FAS podcast. Um, it's going to be hosted on our blog. Our blog is on chipkenboy.com. Please check it out. Please subscribe. And we'll be sure to have a podcast very soon, hopefully in two weeks. Well, catch you then. Bye now.